Hi, and welcome to audio note number six. This is Andrew Robinson. In the last audio note, we looked at passivity and aggression. You looked at what uh, your tendencies are with respect to passivity and aggression. And in the first audio note, we looked at the gravitational laws one and two, shame and pride. So as we work through these, I trust that you are gaining a greater level of clarity with respect to your tendencies when it comes to these laws. And with each of them, just as a reminder, the goal is not to get down on yourselves. That's what the laws do, right? I mean, that's, that is what the gravitational laws do is they hold you down. No need to help them out. In fact, the whole point of recognizing these tendencies within ourselves is so that we can actually be able to defy them, just like we def- can def- try to defy gravity. You push against gravity. But what happens? Anytime you push, push against gravity, you, gain, you experience resistance. So I do want to start, as we move into this, just start raising your awareness toward your resistance. Because if you decide to take these tendencies on and you start trying to push against them, you are literally pushing against gravity. And I picture yourself right now, like being, you know, on a bench and you're pressing, you know, a hundred pounds or 200 pounds, 300 pounds. I don't know how, how strong you are, but you're going to experience resistance because you are literally pushing against gravity. So if you push against your tendencies when it comes to shame and when it comes to arrogance and pride, when you put, you know, challenge your tendencies when it comes to passivity and aggression, you are going to experience resistance. And what's helpful about that, and maybe you're already experiencing it, but I just want to reframe resistance because resistance is actually an indication of progress. Interesting, because it feels like you're, you're actually losing ground. It feels like things are harder, and if things are harder, how can it be better? But that's exactly what's happening. Uh, in fact, you know, if you're not experiencing resistance, I would question whether you're actually pushing against these laws or whether you're being carried away by them or allowing them to hold you back. Uh, so if you are experiencing resistance and increasingly so as we go through this journey towards selfship, I just want to congratulate you. Like if you were here with me right now, <laughs> I'd probably, you know, give you a fist bump or like high five or something or hug even because that's the whole point is to push against these laws so that we can actually defy them. Um, otherwise they will hold us down. Okay. So with that, let's go into, uh, laws five and six. And like I said, in the last, uh, audio note, these will, this is the the fifth and sixth, the final uh, laws that we will cover. And by no means are they exhaustive, as I said uh, earlier on, but these two laws, um, are numbness and distraction, uh, numbness. That's kind of a hard word to say, but, um, numbness and distraction, just in case that didn't come through for you. This is, these are laws five and six, and these laws, uh, as with the other laws, hold us down and um, prevent us from growing and they prevent us from gaining influence and all the things that go into self-ship. And the first laws, as I said in the, in the last audio note, had, the first laws had to do with our sense of worth. Uh, this, the laws three and four that we just covered in audio note in the previous audio note had to do with our will. And these laws uh, of numbness and distraction really have to do with our presence and our ability to focus and channel attention. So numbness, if you think about numbness, think about uh, being under-stimulated. Numbness is a state in which we lack feeling when we should have feeling. Um, An easy example would be, you know, the, uh, you go to the dentist and you need to get a a filling put in. The dentist numbs your gums, 
so that you don't feel it. That would be a real downer if, you know, if they did your cavity or (laughs) drilled out your cavity without numbness, you'd feel every bit of it. So uh, numb, the the whole purpose of a numbing agent is to remove feeling. And so some of us are more prone to going through life uh, numb, and we'll get to, to what that looks like in just a second. Distraction is the opposite, as, as with all the laws. The opposite of, of being understimulated is being overstimulated. And so in a state of distraction, I literally my attention is fractured into multiple directions. And I am overstimulated because I'm opening myself up to all kinds of inputs that essentially short-circuit my ability to focus my attention. Uh, my attention, as I said, is, is fractured into multiple directions. And uh, as a result, it affects my presence in a different way than numbness. In a state of distraction, you would experience me as, as if my mind is somewhere else. I'm, I'm thinking about something somewhere else. My attention, my focus is going in different directions. Um, whereas in a state of numbness, uh, a person tends to lack any sort of energy that goes into any sort of direction. In other words, there's a lack of responsiveness, um, whereas a state of distraction is a, an over-responsiveness. So you can start, I, I assume now as we're working through these and I'm defining them a little bit more, you're starting to see uh, your tendency or starting to, to understand what these look like. Um, so a, a person who is prone to numbness tends to, as I alluded to earlier, tends to be someone who lacks a certain level of responsiveness. So things may, may be brought to that person's attention by someone else. And rather than having an appropriate reaction, they tend to have an underreaction. And there's that numbness uh, leads to a lack of responsiveness. Whereas a person who is prone to distraction, that person tends to have a, an overreaction in some cases. Um, and the reaction is, is not entirely helpful because that person is in a state of, of being overstimulated. And so it's typically a lot of misdirected energy that comes out of that person. So in in the audio note, the written form, you know, I talk about recently being in a meeting where a person was just perpetually distracted and this person had their phone in the meeting, they were scrolling through their phone, they were in, you know, essentially side talking with other people, which was an enormous distraction to everyone in the room. And ironically, this was a person that has openly said they wanted to grow, that they want to develop, that they want to advance within the organization. And uh, all of this, basically their behavior is, is counter, countering all of those goals. And so I'm watching literally how these gravitational laws are holding this person back because of their sense of distraction. Now, it's, it's really hard in this day and age to not talk about um, distraction with respect to technology because, you know, on the one hand, you listen, people have been distracted since the, the, the dawn of humanity. Um, I mean, that's right. That's, there have been squirrels around, and therefore there have been people that have been distracted. Uh, distraction is not a new thing. However, there has never been a time in human history where we have the technological tools and devices at our fingertips that invite, cultivate, and reward distraction. 
So my encouragement to you is to reflect on to what degree are you training yourself to be someone that is able to harness and focus their attention and to what degree are you training yourself to essentially be a person that is in a perpetual state of distraction and overstimulation. Now, I want to clarify something because you may be thinking, you know, that, you know, a, a, you know binge watching some show is actually numbing yourself. It's actually not. It's it's you're over distracting yourself. You are just because you aren't feeling something. The reason you're not feeling something isn't because you are covering it up with something like alcohol or drugs. It's because you're so distracted that you're not feeling the things that you're trying to avoid. And that's really the source of all of this, whether it's numbness or distraction is it's really, really hard for a lot of us and increasingly so to just sit, sit in a state of quiet and actually be able to harness and focus our attention. So I would challenge you and encourage you if you want like some practical exercises, um, like some of the things I do is when I'm in an airport, um, I will do my best to never be on my phone. Like unless I'm checking in at a gate or, or checking my flight or something like that, I will, you know, bring a book, I'll bring a journal. Um, I will try to be as analog as possible, but that's something that I try to also extend throughout my life. Um, in my personal life, I, I try to make sure that whatever device I am using, that ideally I'm using it as a tool, not as a toy. And uh, my philosophy is that if, if I'm using it as a tool, then I'm the one using it, right? Just like as if I'm picking up a hammer and using a hammer, I'm the one that is in command of the tool. If, if it's a toy, to some degree, it's the one using me. And that's my concern uh, when it comes to technology, uh, is that they're, the way that, that technology is designed and the, the devices that we use to access uh, the web and, and, and other apps and things like that um, are really designed to, to amplify distraction. If you haven't read the book, The Shallows, it's definitely worth reading. Um, the subtitle is What the Internet is Doing to Our Brains. And what I really like about um, Nicholas Carr is the author, and I like his approach. He's not a Luddite. He's not anti-technology. Um, you know, as Neil Postman said, you know, he, I'm not anti-technology. I'm anti what technology is doing to us. Um, and I really like Carr's approach because, um, and he's got a great line in there where he says that the, the internet seizes our attention only to fracture it. And that's exactly what it does, right? You go to do something on your computer, like, oh yeah, I got to go pay this bill or something. And next thing you know, you're, you know, up to your chin in Facebook marketplace <laughs> looking for some, you know, some gadget or something that caught your attention. I mean, that's just, that's just our tendency but the, the internet it seizes our attention and then proceeds to absolutely scatter it fracture it move us in all kinds of different directions now how on earth does this apply to self-ship self-ship is fundamentally about presence it's about the presence that you bring to life it's about the presence you bring to other people and if your attention is fractured people know they know that your mind is elsewhere they know that your focus is elsewhere but if you are grounded, if you are present, if you're able to actually harness your attention and focus, they know that as well. By the same token, if you're someone that's prone to numbness, uh, prone to a lack of reactivity, uh, they know that as well. And people that are prone to numbness also lack presence because life requires of us a certain level of responsiveness. If the distraction person is, distracted person is overly responsive, the, numb, the person prone to numbness is under-responsive. 
So as we are working through this, you will know, notice that there are these extremes, right? Every single law has its opposite and it's extreme. And what I'm doing is I'm setting up a framework um, between on the upper end. So if you can picture this as like these horizontal lines, so you have the upper story and the bottom story and in the middle. And what, what we're aiming for is that middle term, like I talked about. We're aiming for self-regulation so that we don't get swept into one or the other, that we can recognize our tendencies and be able to actually stay within that middle piece. But on the upper end, like on the upper story, uh, it's what, what you refer to as like hyper. Um, so in the case of pride, that's, that's the hyper, whereas the hypo is the bottom story, it's the basement, that would be shame. The hyper, when it comes to laws three and four, passivity would be in the basement, right? It's that under responsiveness. And aggression would be the hyper, that upper responsiveness. And by the same token, numbness, lower story, basement, distraction, overstimulation, upper level, attic, right? So what we're aiming for is this ability to recognize our tendencies, what are we, where do we go, and how can we bring ourselves back into that regulated state on a consistent basis? Because regulation and groundedness is the source of presence. The kinds of presence that people want to be around, the kind of presence that attracts people to you, and they want to follow you, they don't have to follow you. Okay, those are the six laws. Now what we're going to do is we're gonna move into the three myths and with the six laws, we were focusing on what are they? What's your tendency? How do you defy the gravitational laws that are holding you down? As we go into the three myths, the goal there is how do you dispel them in your life? Notice which ones captivate you the most and work toward uh, not being wooed, seduced by them uh, because they too will, will sidetrack you and you will be worse off um, after being seduced than you were before. Okay, so I'm really looking forward to getting into those, um, but it's nice to get these laws under our belt and move into the myths and ultimately into the one truth. So as always, wherever you're listening in, um, just I'm glad that you are here. I'm excited for you, for your journey for self, through selfship, and look forward to picking this up next time. Take care.